about to die Could sing you just one song I'd sing a verse of how I loved you Letting you go to move on I'll just keep on moving To reach a world alive I hope you made it to New Zealand Making your dreams come true in life Joining me now is Din. Din, what's up? No, uh, a lot. A lot. An album release. <laughs> That's what's up. Is that a lot? <laughs> what's up with you? <laughs> oh, not much. Just listen to an album. It's called "Born to Run" by Bruce Springsteen. Have you heard of it? Oh. <laughs> no. no, I'm listening to F1052 Side B. I'm guessing you've heard of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty good, too. It's pretty so. pretty good for sure. It definitely is. It just released March 23rd, I believe was the date, right? March 23rd was its official release? Yep. Tuesday, March 23rd, which was the one-year anniversary of the lockdown in Toronto and the state of emergency declared in Ontario for COVID. Was that part of your plan, like to have it come out on the anniversary of the lockdown? Well... Well, we were going to release in March, but um, I was asked by um, my label, Mareline and Music, to pick a day. And uh, usually albums release on Friday in the industry. But uh, I chose Tuesday, March 23rd, because even though a lot of the songs were were written before COVID um, hit and, and some on tour, like Bull Out of Gate was about my world tour, which happened in 2018. Um, but the isolation put me in such a reflective internal state. I even started meditating longer, like, you know, and, and every day for about 30 to 40 minutes. So, um, the songs really developed during isolation to have a really sort of, um, internal reflective side. And contemplating the fragility of life. Um, 
which may be expressed in, in songs like the second song, If I Were About to Die. Uh, so it just really sort of hit me that I wanted to release on that day to sort of say this was this album was a result of this year. Interesting. So the, the album is acoustic. Um, yep. And the album did, is acoustic. It's acoustic album. Was that except for one cheat? Yes. <laughs> was that always your plan though, going into it, or did you? Was there a time when, when you? Because I follow you on social media and and we talk, and I and I know I saw a post. I was a, I think it was before COVID actually when you said I think my next album will be acoustic because you liked the way a, a certain song sounded. But was that always your well, plan? When did I this? say that? I yeah. I'm I'm I'm. 98% sure. I don't remember what the song was, though, to be honest. I just, I remember you said that, and then I remember when the album was coming out that you're like, it's acoustic. I said, oh, he stuck to his guns. Look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have stuck to my guns <laughs> if it weren't for um, my label and uh, and COVID. That's why I want to so, ask you, did COVID play? Because I know you did write that. Um, I'm, I don't know where or when, but I will find it. I will, I will hunt it down and send it to you. Huh. But was that so? Was that was this a result of COVID? Then I don't remember saying that, but I do uh, the specific time. But I, I, I'm sure I said it to a few people because I remember a few years ago I was thinking about Bruce Springsteen, who recorded the acoustic album in a home studio. Uh, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. After he did, um, um, after he did, um, oh my God, was it Born to Run? The one with Born in the USA on it. No, Born in the USA. <laughs> yes, it's Born in the USA. <laughs> He's got all these Born songs. Okay, so but because he wanted to do something freeing and quick after the insanity of doing like a major album like that, which took so much out of them production wise and time wise so which were the albums you know the last souls album the final souls album sand in the sun that was a two-year recording epic and the first f105 album was also because uh, those albums we really pushed and experimented a lot like i mean the anotos Cathodos ep which came out before sand in the sun which was electronic mixes experiments of songs that we were doing for sand in the sun which ended up not becoming an electronic rock album so there's just so much production and experimentation and boundary pushing that happened for those two albums that i want yeah i wanted to do a quick acoustic thing so what happened was um the f105 ended up becoming maybe not a band kind of both f105 is both a band that i play with you know and have have done some shows and even traveled to do some shows but the the band didn't want to really maybe everyone was getting kind of a little older or more settled down and they didn't want to do the touring stuff that i wanted to to the extent that it did so I booked myself a world tour in 2018 and went, did eight sh- shows in Europe and a bunch across Canada, you know, from here through, you know, prairies like Calgary and ended up in BC and then went to the States and played some sh- shows in Chicago at Star Wars Celebration 20, 
2019. But I also did a, a club date there. And so what happened naturally was that it worked out that half the songs developed as a electric, you know, anthemic rock, alternative rock band sound. And half of them worked, worked out me on the road solo as acoustic songs. So then when, when Mark sat down and said, um, we want to sign you, Mark Marilyn and my, my mentor who recently incorporated and started a record label, said, well, we want to sign you to do this album. Have you ever thought about doing an acoustic album? Because, you know, that's, that would be creatively interesting. You haven't done it. You, you like to do a different album every time you do an album. Um, never done the same album twice. And he said, because of COVID isolation restrictions, we're going to have to do this in a, in a window where we're allowed to get together and record at the studio. But, you know, who knows how much time we'll have. So can you prepare and record this in a few days? Just acoustic, just you and your acoustic guitar. So I, I said, yeah. When was that? Do you remember? We met... We had a we had a meeting just before the summer, so I remember because we still sort of had some fall clothes on, and we had a patio meal at Lebanon Express, which is fantastic. In 2020, <laughs> on Rossville, um, yeah, in 2020. So he he said okay, I said okay, I will do that. I've always wanted to do an album like Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen, and uh, so I proceeded to prepare for me meant I would need to get into a different kind of musical shape because if you're doing a multi-track album where you record each instrument one at a time and you could do unlimited overdubs because of you know digital tech hmm. you can you can maybe rely on that too much and you can fix perfections imperfections to no end so Mark said Let's do this like a, an old 50s record, like Johnny Cash or Elvis, you know, not to compare myself to them, but walked into Sun Studios, prepared, and just recorded songs live off the floor, it's called, where they have mics on the guitar and vocals and whatever and other instruments, if there's a band. Um, and live off the floor means there's room mics, so you're capturing everything all at once and there's no fixing stuff. The take you record is the take that goes on album. You could do a few takes and then pick the best one. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to have to prepare. So what I did was I performed uh, on the street all summer in Toronto with a you know, two hour, couple hours a day in the hot searing sun, even with a mask on to make sure I was <laughs> isolated and to make sure I was at a safe distance, social distance from people as I performed. And just really, you know, for two, three months, just every time I performed a song I knew it would be on the album, I'd be pretending this is like I'm going in this studio now to record. And that's something and so you back, obviously back wouldn't... My... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, that's something you obviously wouldn't have done had you recorded it more in the modern, traditional way. Can I call it that? The, the modern, traditional? Yeah, I mean, I've never done an album where I don't prepare live. So I'll try to time it for after we've done some sort of touring, or at least I've done, and uh, 
and then also I'll you know practice vocals and guitar in, in, in my home studio every day and then if we're, we're not touring I'll go play open mics a few nights a week to stay sharp there's there's nothing like you can practice in your room but there's nothing like the, the litmus test of knowing if you're if you're you know you're you're rehearsed and in shape is playing in front of people because they'll let you know right away by whether they're into what you're doing or whether they're not yeah so what so you do it all though like you you obviously you're you're playing the instruments you're singing you you write the songs which is your favorite i i just want to know because because you know i write and stuff I just want to know what your favorite aspect of it is, because some people say, you know, it's the writing, because that's where it all t- takes form, and maybe it's the performing, or maybe it's the finalizing. What is your favorite part of putting an album together? Well, that's a great question. Thanks. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, so it, it is like you, being a, a filmmaker who also writes scripts. Um, you you have the internal experience of writing and then you have the sort of external experience of sort of getting it out there, which is more external for a singer because you're actually, you go perform it live in front of people. Um, I've all, I've always known, even since I was um, a little kid, imagining singing. I, I have a, I have this image where I used to, um, stand on my bed in my room as like a little kid singing to like a stadium of people outdoors it's kind of like Wembley Stadium and singing Joy to the World by Three Dog Night oh wow <laughs> and it's a it's it's um it's it's such a strong memory because it was you know for a kid it was all about you know nothing about ego or wanting to be famous or anything stupid like that it was just I want to sing and give joy to people through this medium of music. There's something about the medium that happens live, right? Like you can hang a painting on a stage and everyone can choose to listen to it maybe, but if you're playing music to an audience, the music is really like the force. It's an energy field that binds all living things in that space to a common actual frequency of energy that you're giving out. So there's something scientific, spiritual that happens with a live performance that that binds a room together. And that is my number one favorite thing to experience in the world. And not only as a performer, but I knew that as a, when I was young and when I would go to see concerts, when that magic moment would happen where a performer and the audience were one. You, can, you know, you can feel that. Yeah. Like, have you ever ha- had that happen, like at a good show? We're like... I've seen some of my favorite acts, you know, in arenas and when they're on and when the, they're connecting and when that, and when everyone's kind of on that wavelength, the room be, feels small. It can be a stadium in a, or an arena, but it starts to feel small and mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. So that's my favorite part. And, but I also love the, like I, another favorite memory from when I was a kid would, would be like when I was three or four years old, I have the picture hanging in my music, music studio me listening to like Beatles records on my dad's vinyl and these big over-ear headphones and just being totally enamored, enamored with production, you know, different instruments happening in different ears and the magic of that. So, yeah. 
So right. I do love the writing and the recording process, the recording process especially. I, I still put the headphones on when I get a mix of a new song and go crazy by the magic. But yeah, singing live. Nothing singing better. live. That's uh, something that I'll never experience, but it seems like it would be a great time. So my crack research team that I have here, I have a team of 47 people. I'll be signing the scenes. You, you don't see them. <laughs> uh, here is a post that you put on Instagram from September 24th, 2018. Are you ready to hear this? Whoa. Oh, no. Yeah. Crack research team. You remember that? Okay. <laughs> this is You wrote this. So it says, just finished writing a song I started in 2000. Hashtag rubber love. My next album will be a very simple Neil Young, Johnny Cash style acoustic thing about loneliness, aging, healing, broken relationships, and finally finding some zen. What? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> September 24th, the- 2018. <laughs> I do not remember <laughs> writing that. And that is exactly what the album is. Yeah. So the Rubber Love didn't make the cut. Hey, can can you screenshot that and send it to me? <laughs> it's, on your, re- it's on your uh, it's on your Instagram, but I apps I just did it. Yeah, but I too. there's like 970 posts on. Yeah, Instagram. no, there's a lot. That's why I have a crack research. Team. Or, or or send me the link. I'm gonna repost that. Uh, As, okay. I'm gonna I'll I'll tag you too to mention that that we talked about this in the okay. show. Yeah. See, I I told you that. Uh... And I read that. Um, where do I find you now? That what the I, I did read that, so that's I, that might be the post that I read. I can't remember verbatim what you what you put, but so so you, unbeknown, I guess you you kind of this album was on a trajectory from three years ago. You were on this path, and it uh, I guess you know the the music gods. We're, we're with you on that journey from start to finish. But do, do you have any idea? I mean, obviously, you can't, you know, back then, three years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever it is, it's hard to remember. But what brought you to to that to, to that aspect of it, of the of the healing, broken relationships and, and finding Zen and aging as well? Like, what, what was it about maybe... Not just back then, I, three years I'm ago. I'm getting but now. chills looking at this screen. <laughs> I'm getting chills looking at this screenshot you sent me. Wow. Yeah, because I would have been. I mean, I spent a year playing like half the album with, yeah. with a band in the Toronto area. So I did forget about this. But that's exactly what. So, okay. Um, I got a quote on the website on my website from a lady named Kate from, uh, she's the director for a concert series in Ellie, Elliot Lake, Ontario. She said, um, it's one of my favorite quotes ever. Every time I hear the new song evergreen, I find it uplifting. Okay. I get something new out of it every time. Okay. Shale shades of Neil Young and Bono. <laughs> so they're wow. two of my all time biggest influences. And I guess the Neil Young thing, I mean, that's an official quote. So that that happened. Uh, I don't know what I was going through. I know the song Rubber Love that didn't make it was um, a song about loneliness and, and how to find that through um, becoming whole with yourself and maybe not someone else. So I guess that that's, that theme carried through to the album. Yeah. How do you I'm decide? not sure about aging, but but <laughs> healing broken relationships is on there. Yeah. yeah. How do you decide what makes it on on your your album or not? Like, because I I 
I've never written one, clearly. Um, this is an EP, so there's six tracks, but whether it's six or 12 or whatever, how do you, how do you, you know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you've gone into other albums with more songs as well. How do you determine what makes the, the cut and what doesn't? Well, James, I think it's a lot like a screenwriter and a movie maker. You have to put a story together. Um, and so this is my seventh album. So, you know, I think conceptually in terms of albums, I don't just throw songs together willy-nilly. They're always connected conceptually, theme-wise and sound-wise. So it's something I've gotten better at, you know, maybe f- from my third or fourth album on in, in sort of nailing it and finding a voice of, you know, just really being focused about what kind of album it's going to be. So then I start to consciously write the lyrics to to suit the themes that I'm choosing. So obviously did that with this album starting in 2018. Uh, and then it's a matter of getting a group of songs together and knowing that they're all not going to make the cut. So like a script or a movie, you write all the scenes and you film all the scenes, but you know they're not all going to make it and that you might even do some reshoots to go get a better scene. <laughs> so with this al- for this half of the album, because F-105 side B, F-105 2 side B is the acoustic half of one album, which will be F-105 2, the electric side coming out in a year. Um, it was a matter of getting, a- so there were eight songs. Maybe there were, there were 10 songs I sent to the label, like sort of home demos. We recorded eight in two days, which was really just one day. We did we did all the eight songs in, in less than four hours in one afternoon. Sort of, wow. I got myself that sort of in shape. Is that tiring? Summer, summer of street. No. Were you mentally drained after it? Yeah. Not during. I'm never tired. Yeah. Like I've done, I've gone on, you know, tour. I've driven 16 hours to places like Thunder Bay and have played you know, three set shows and not tired during because adrenaline takes over. Is there, is there a tired difference after? Though? Yeah. <laughs> is there a difference between, you know, going to Thunder Bay and playing in front of a crowd and then, but playing in a studio where, you know, you have to be pitch perfect every single time. Cause if you're playing live, if you yeah. know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you want to be pitch perfect when you're playing live, but if you, you know, you, if, if you fumble, if you stumble a little bit, you can move on and no one will know most of the time. Whereas when you're recording, that's forever. So is is it well, is it more is it how different is it? Is it more exhausting? Well, it's more exhausting with recording, especially this one, because I knew I wouldn't be able to fix anything, you know, over like a one year or two year process of oh, let me go back in the studio and redo that line on Desert Planet that I want, you know, which I did <laughs> a year and a half later after we probably first started recording it, or at least or a year. Um, but even for live, I mean, I'll go before before I go tour. I'll go play open mics in Toronto. I I know I I have it down to a science. If I want to be good for a show, I've got to do three open mics before the show. Because it's not just the rehearsing, but you got to get rid of the nerves so that your throat isn't constricted, so your throat can hit the right vibration, right? You know, if you're nervous, you get tense. How long have you been playing live? Uh, well professionally since 2001 
And you still but get nervous? My first show was I was 18 in high school, so decades ago. But yeah, I no, I don't get. I only, I actually, I actually only get nervous if I haven't prepped with like the open mics before a big show, <laughs> because I know that I won't be in shape to do it. But I never get nervous in sort of a stage fright. I'm, you know, actually I'm weird. I'm the type of personality that like I'll have more stage fright if I have to sit down and play in front of two people than two thousand, because. Oh, wow. Two people are, you know, their psychology is locked on you. And you know if they're really disliking you or, or liking <laughs> you. But, like, playing to 2,000 people, it's like, I know I'm going to get a bunch of people in this crowd to, to like me. And so it's actually easier. Yeah, the but, no, I just, have, I just have to be in shape, you know. Like, I, 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 speaking of Thunder Bay, one show, I just bought a new car, so I wanted to drive to it. Well, the band flew. We went and played a headlining show at the foundry in Thunder Bay and I drove 16, 16 hours to get there and I got there an hour before sound check <laughs> and sound checked and then played a two set show like yeah that was that was easy because adrenaline kicks in and, and you could do the show and, and uh, as long as I know that I'm rehearsed I know that in front of live people for open mics beforehand. I know I'm going to be on and I'll be able, so I'm not nervous. But this album, I wasn't nervous either because, as Bruce Lee said in Enter the Dragon, in, in his Jeet Kune Do philosophy was, you practice so that you don't happen, it happens. You know, yeah. your ego is gone and you're not trying to do something. You've practiced it and you've trained so hard that the energy, or the it, just happens. So playing busking on the street for all summer when i went in the studio and sat down there was no nervousness it was like oh yeah i got this because it is inside me i could feel it i know it's going to come out in the magic that i've had that i've cultured over playing them live all summer like there's there's it's just all confidence because nothing is going to be a surprise i know exactly i know exactly the it that is going to happen so I gotta say, the album is uh, you can listen to it everywhere. Spotify uh, has has F one hundred five two side B over there, so anybody can listen, right? Like you can either pay for Spotify, but you can listen on the unpaid Spotify as well. I believe is that how Spotify? Yeah, works? and please, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. And please follow. I've been, I've been, we've been trying to my the label and myself. We've been trying to get more going on in Spotify with this release yeah please follow us there if you can follow joe rogan you can follow din and f105 on spotify that's uh that's where i'll i'll leave you you're very similar you and joe rogan really no i love joe rogan well he talks you sing here we go yeah I, but you know he loves martial arts and he's open-minded like i i try to be open-minded about listening to points of view from both sides you know even though it could get the worst of me sometimes. I still try. <laughs> I still try to keep. Yeah. Well, you and I are going to have a, a longer conversation focusing on the album and Star Wars coming up because Star Wars has been a big part of your life, um, and your in your creative life as well, and it it creeps up in this album as well, right? 
Yeah, funny enough, I did add a, a Rebels Easter egg to my song sort of about meditation and the, the oneness of the universe, which is the last song, Waves, which came out of my meditations during COVID for a year. Um, that's one of the songs that was written late and wasn't uh, written earlier. Uh, funny enough, my little brother who had been um, over the last maybe half decade or maybe a bit more started writing songs and he's always been one of my biggest supporters, so I, I wouldn't be here doing music if it wasn't for Chris, my little brother. Uh, and he lives all the way on the West Coast, myself in Toronto. He had been sending me songs that he's been developing as he was developing over the last couple of years. And then while I was preparing the album over the summer, he sent me this song called Outer Space. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is a beautiful song that may, you just went from developing to your first masterpiece as a songwriter. And not only that, but it has a Star Wars reference. It came out of a meditative experience for him. So that was weird how it suited the album that way. And he, he, he had put a Star Wars reference in and it suited the album. So I said, do you mind if I record this? Because this is the theme of the album. And actually I like it so much that I want it to be the album opener. So he was like, "Yeah, of course." He was really excited to all of a sudden be have a song that'd be, you know, published and f- find a find an actual fan group in Star Wars fandom and be on a label and it's been on the radio since. So yeah, outer space, I'm coming home. There's a Sonic Easter egg in there too, a Star Wars Sonic Easter egg. Ooh, awesome, awesome! Everybody's got to figure out what that is. Do you know what it is? Um, no, I don't. Oh, okay. You're going to have to. I'm, I'm going so to have to. Yeah. It's no. a Sonic Star Wars Easter egg. It's towards the end. Uh, and I will give a hint that it's short because it's the legal amount we could throw in. Without, <laughs> Interesting. Without uh, having some sort of copyright infringement happening. Does that happen? The Star Wars <laughs> Lucasfilm doesn't let you just take what they want. Well, sure, and algorithms. All right. Yeah. You know, because you know, like, if you have a if you have something in a song, an album, sonically, an algorithm can catch it and say you're you're using copyrighted material. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow, that's the world we live in right now. Uh, so another hint: it's on piano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it now. Towards the end. So. Well, not right now. When we're done recording, I'll listen to it. I was listening to it earlier, and I'm embarrassed. I didn't notice that. How the Star Wars community, though, I know the answer to this, but how have they? How have they uh, welcomed you? Have they appreciated you? How supportive have they been? Well, well, I have to say that one of the great joys of my life was that everyone puts. You know, uh, I don't know who said this quote, but art is dead unless it has a community. Uh, it's some famous person. I forget who it is now. Let's blame it on my concussion. Um, three years later, I'm still using that as, as an excuse for everything. Uh, so the fact that I started writing the hero's journey into my star into my songs with with a bit of um, a Star Wars feel and I or tone. I use the word tone because I, even though I like the Star Wars parodies and stuff that literally references Star Wars. I wanted to make something that made the listener feel like 
they were the hero in their own hero's journey. And I didn't want to ever mention any like location or person from Star Wars. I wanted to just make people feel like they were in a Star Wars hero's journey tone poem. Whoa! I just made that up. That's what I do. <laughs> I make Star, Star Wars hero's journey tone poems, sonic tone poems. And um, the fact that I, I did that as an experiment because I, I had been researching the hero's journey for, as you know, for a long time. And I know that we know that George Lucas rewrote the first draft into the second draft of Star Wars to include the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey as an experiment to see if it still worked. And we know that that worked <laughs> sublimely. So I did that as an experiment way back and it's been working ever since. I was, you know, so shocked to find that like the Star Wars community, especially like podcasts like yourself, sort of embraced them and made the songs their own and and that I could go to Star Wars events like Star Wars celebration celebrations and play them for a community of people that makes it real art because it's working around the campfire of Star Wars fandom. So thank you Star Wars fandom, thank you James because that is probably the number one joy of my life that not only do I get to s sing for people to a community, but actually like have my music be an, a real part of it. Well, thank yeah. you. Uh, we all appreciate it. Your song for celebration that you did at the last Star Wars celebration, which feels like it was seven years ago now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we were supposed to have one last year, but obviously with COVID doesn't work out. So what's next? For F105, you have the electric album. Are you recording that this year during COVID? Or are you going to wait for that to slow down? Or or is COVID playing no factor, aside from what the law tells you, and <laughs> how you're recording and handling the second half of uh, this album? Well, James, <laughs> what, what an appropriate segue you just inadvertently made. By mentioning "Song for Celebration," which is now retitled "We the Force" we in the brackets, Force. song "We the Force" song for celebration, and that is one of the electric band songs that will be one of the lead tracks off the electric half of F1052. So that will be side A, which we will do probably in about a year. I mean, we're we're really going to have to wait to make sure that this COVID thing passes and that everyone is. Um, vaccinated and feels safe and secure which could be by the winter but really we're going to need a year to work on like I'm going to have to get out and tour this album once I'm able to you know because usually you make an album and then you have it has about an almost a two year lifespan once you release it of promoting the promo circuit and the tour live circuit and radio play all seems to last about a year and a half and then you start working on your next album two years later and then so three years later you have another album so this is now three years since the first f105 record in 2018 so we probably because it's only also half the album i think maybe we could start recording it in a year all right that's I'm going to hold you to that. We'll talk to you in a year. We'll talk to you before that for our longer one. But uh, <laughs> I'll well, talk yeah, to send me the conversation because, 
you know, you could write, oh, we talk about how his next album will be out in a year, and you could send me the screenshot in the year. I, year you know I but, will. Like, <laughs> you just blew me away. Thank you so much for being that attentive to actually, like, just, send me a post from three years ago where, I mean, Healing Broken Relationships, that's, I've never written a nostalgic song, but that's why I wrote If I Were About to Die. It's about looking looking back on like some broken relationships and giving them a healing energy and sending out a healing message to you know the people I'm singing about in that song and hopefully they'll hear it or finally found a way which is about taking a different attitude towards like it's a blues song about not getting the blues <laughs> like that's why I really love that song it was like trying to do something out of the box with the blue blues mm mm-hmm. Which is that instead of focusing on what makes you blue about a partner or a friend or a loved one and focus on creating an energy which will turn that blueness to a more positive healing state of emotional being, then maybe you won't get the blues. So essentially the song is about choosing to see the best in someone instead of the negative in someone. And then... From that point, you'll feel better. And then from that point, the relationship will start to heal and get better. I mean, I could speak it and sing it. It's easier said than done. <laughs> but I do love the song for, like, that's the post that you, you sent me. Well, I have to say that uh, aside from the album being a, a wonderful album, so congratulations on that. It Oh, thanks so much. The timing of its release, because um, the messages within it, I think, um, you were dead on for having it out now because um, it, it just, you know, it's. I think it's something that we all need to hear and it, we'll all appreciate it a lot more right now with the world that we're living in and the state of it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, because I've been so lucky, you know, that no one I know has has been, uh, I, do, I do have some friends that have gotten COVID or, and their families but everyone has made it so far. Um, actually, I'm just taking a silent moment to to wish send the best for one friend whose who's dad is in the hospital with COVID, but everything's improving, so that's looking good. But I, I definitely, for, for the past year, was like, wow, I really have to start changing the way I relate to friends and family and whoever, because, yeah, anyone could die at any moment, and it could be... That could be it. So I still have a long way to go in sort of getting that right, but I think I've gotten a bit better. (laughs) So that's kind of what the song, If I Were About to Die, where that comes from. Before we wrap it up, where because you just mentioned that, so this is your fault. (laughs) Where where do you get the song ideas from? Like, you know, are you walking down the streets of Toronto? Are you listening to another album? Are you reading a book, watching a movie, playing soccer? Where? <sighs> I mean, I know as all a writer, of those except for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw one in there that wasn't going to be the right answer. But like, but is there one thing specific? for me when I'm writing something? I usually like to either put on music and go for a walk, or just go for a walk with my dog on the road, whatever. I but I like to just get out and be alone with my thoughts. Is that how you are with songs? Or are you on the subway one day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, it'd be a great song, a song about, you know, 
watching a baseball game at old exhibition stadium like how did where is there one place in particular one event that you do more than others that the ideas come from what you just said could actually be the longest answer in the world but i have a very simple (laughs) i wouldn't go through the insanity and the ups and downs and the you know the unsure futures you know i would not be a musician i would not be making my life about being a professional musician my vocation if if really i didn't like i've never tried to write songs i can do that i could follow the rules and sit down and say i'm gonna write a song about hope like people do and then it sounds contrived since I was 15 years old, when I first picked up the guitar, which was actually my little brother Chris's, the songs just started popping out from a real emotion. It's always emotion-based. Since learned to throw the other two of the trinity of heart, mind, and soul in. So heart, ideas, and spirit. But it always starts with a heavy emotion, or not heavy. It starts with an emotion that needs to be expressed and it it just usually pops out into the song. It, it'll come out right away either as a basic riff or a melody, or sometimes even, like I'll give you two cases. When I was riding my bike years ago, the riff for Desert Planet popped in my head, and I had to like pull over and sing it into my cell phone. Um, and for this album... If I were about to die, literally the feeling came over me. So I was like, I picked up my guitar off the hook on the wall. And I sort of my hand sort of just found the right first chord to go to that felt right. And then all the rest in the melody and almost every single word came out in real time. It's like, and it's like you're just picking. It's like um, I could get all Einstein with you about quantum physics and how everything exists already. There's no such thing as time. (laughs) And I really think when I'm on, I'm tuned into it, the force or whatever it is, I just channel the frequencies of that song out through my hands into the guitar and my voice, and it comes out. And the basic thing will come out, or the whole song will come out, some like desert desert planet the rift came out on my bike and it was maybe a half year or a year of developing the song fully in my studio or at open mics some songs take a little longer to get the whole thing together but the first feeling and the first sound always just happens out of nowhere and i don't i didn't go i want to try to write a riff that uses these notes and it just comes out well, and that, if that didn't happen, I don't think I would I would do this insanity because they just come out and they're real because of that. And because they're real, I have to then bang them into reality by recording them and playing them in front of people and then they're really real. I wouldn't do that if they didn't if I didn't believe in the truth of them when they first popped out. Well, I'm thankful that they do pop out. 
Like I said, the album is fantastic. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you could go on Spotify right now and listen to all six tracks uh, in order, starting with Outer Space, which was not even written by you. So kudos to your brother on that one. It's a great, it's, it is a great opening song as well. Great, great way to kick off the album. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great song. It was a real honor to record it. Yeah, I, I, it must be nice to have a brother that <laughs> you'll have to pick his brain going forward now. Like, hey, what else do you have? If <laughs> well, I sort of, it's, I mean, again, to me, it's just the force. It's like I actually didn't have a Star Wars y song for this half mm. of the album. I have We the Force for the electric side. But because of this, I now have this gift to keep being involved in Star Wars fandom. And 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 Star Wars fandom seems to really love it. Like some people, a lot of people are saying they love it. This song more than my older stuff. So yeah, what a gift wow, to keep that's... to keep being in that community. And you and I are going to talk more about Star Wars and the music coming up at a later date. But until then, Din, thank you so much for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You asked great questions. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Make sure you check him out on Instagram at F105 and you can see all of his posts because I'm sure in the next day or two he will he will make a post about what his next album will sound like and he'll forget about it and it'll be exactly it'll be exactly what he writes. <laughs> Alright dude, thanks a lot. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We'll see you soon. Alright. Yeah, see you soon. inside your soul
outer space.